As the last episode of 2023, we're going to go over the top 10 biggest stories of this year on Cointelegraph. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Baggs, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to be everyone's go-to person for all things crypto in 2024, you better make sure you click that follow button. Grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. So we're going to go through the most viewed stories on Cointelegraph in 2023. If you want a TLDR of the year, yesterday's episode and today's episode are how you get it. Right, starting at number 10. The first story is unfortunately a sad one. It's the missing Bitcoin millionaire back in June. Dr. John Forsyth, a crypto advocate, Bitcoin early adopter and emergency room doctor. Forsyth was the co-founder of Onfo, a crypto project that pioneered network mining, a way that people could earn crypto by referring others to that platform. However, on the 21st of May, Forsyth did not show up to his shift at the Mercy Hospital in Missouri, leading his family to start a campaign to find him. Eventually, Forsyth's car was located. It was unlocked and it contained his wallet, passport, laptop and cell phones, a worrying sign. The worst fears were confirmed when Forsyth's body was later found an hour away with a gunshot wound. Although local police said foul play was not a factor, some wanted to add this death to the growing list of suspicious deaths in the space. Number nine is from September, where Mark Cuban lost $870,000 in a hot wallet hack. Crypto sleuth Waz wondered on Twitter X whether one of the billionaire investors' wallets had just been drained of all its USDC, Tether and Lido staked ETH after it was all withdrawn in 10 minutes, having not been touched in over five months. A few hours later, Cuban confirmed that he had indeed been hacked after logging into his MetaMask for the first time in a while. Cuban quickly moved 2 million USDC to Coinbase custody. Some believe that Cuban may have mistakenly signed a malicious transaction, while others suggested that his private key was compromised. This isn't Cuban's first negative experience with crypto and back in June 2021 he lost an unspecified amount on what he called a rug pull after an algorithmic stablecoin project called Iron Finance imploded amid a supposed bank run. In at number eight is the report back in January that Genesis might be planning to file for bankruptcy. Genesis Global Capital, a crypto lender and subsidiary of the digital currency group, had been wrestling with fires on all fronts. And in retrospect, it was even worse than we first suspected. Genesis was owed $175 million that was allegedly locked on FTX. Then there was $447.5 million and $78 million of Bitcoin that was owed by Three Arrows Capital. And on top of all this, Genesis was being charged by the SEC over its EARN program. Then the Gemini co-founder, Cameron Winklevoss, started slamming the digital currency group and its CEO, Barry Silbert, claiming that Genesis owed Gemini $900 million. That would have been a tough situation for anyone to recover from. At number seven, we look at ChatGPT4 back when it was on its rapid ascent and how the AI model might invest $100 in crypto. This AI trading experiment run by Cointelegraph started with the following prompt. You are now baller GPT. You are the world's greatest entrepreneur. I'm your human liaison and will act as your bridge to the real physical world. You have $100. Based on the information in the articles I have linked below, you will grow that $100 into as much money as possible in the shortest time. ChatGPT had several several warnings to impart, mostly over the volatility and uncertainty of the crypto market, but it eventually advised the following. $50 to Bitcoin, $25 to Ethereum, 
$15 to Atom and $10 to NFT and Web3 related projects. Make sure you read Felix's full article on this. I've linked it in the show notes. It's a really interesting story. In sixth position, we have a piece from October that broke down the listing of BlackRock's Spot Bitcoin ETF on the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, DTCC. The reason this news blew up is it suggested potential approval by the SEC. Eric Balkanas, BlackRock's ETF analyst, explained that this is all part of the process and even that it might indicate that BlackRock had already received a green light for the ETF. Some months later, and we still don't really know what happened behind the scenes, but that light still appears to be green and we're only a few weeks away from confirmation. Right, we're into the top five, and in at number five was an outlandish prediction by the former Coinbase CTO. Okay, I'm going to have a go at saying his name, but I apologize in advance because I am painfully English. Balaji Srinivasan claimed that from the 18th of March to the 17th of June, Bitcoin would reach $1 million in price due to the US hyperinflation. To prove his point, he made $2 million worth of bets in USDC that by the 17th of June, Bitcoin would be at a $1 million price tag. Half of this $2 million USDC kitty was accepted by the Coinbase exec James Medlock. The only real condition is that if by the 17th of June Bitcoin hadn't reached seven figures, James Medlock would get $1 million worth of USDC. Needless to say, Srinivasan lost, but hey, it was bold. So I mentioned in yesterday's wrap-up that the SEC has become a main character in crypto this year, and their first dedicated story made it in at number four. In June, Jesse Coughlin wrote up the news that the SEC now saw 68 different cryptocurrencies as securities, with a combined value of over $100 billion. There were many familiar names in this list, spread across various litigation underway by the SEC. In the case against Binance, we saw BNB, Solana, Polygon and Cardano, among many others. In the case against Coinbase, we saw Flow, ICP, Near, Nexo, as well as several of the ones from the Binance suit. Then, of course, there was XRP, which we will come back to shortly. In addition to this, the SEC also deemed that 13 Mirror Protocol M assets are also securities. This is an interesting one because I haven't really seen it come up since. A Mirror Protocol is a DeFi platform that enables users to issue crypto tokens that track real-world assets, such as stocks. And the SEC was very interested in stomping out Mirrored Apple, Mirrored Mirrored Amazon, Mirrored Alibaba, Mirrored Alphabet, Mirrored Microsoft, Mirrored Netflix, and so on. Okay, making it onto the podium is a piece by Arijit Sarkar about analysis conducted by economists on the failed Silicon Valley Bank. The fall of the Silicon Valley Bank was a brutal hit to many sectors, but even more worrying was the analysis that revealed that 186 US banks were well positioned for collapse. The report read, even if only half of uninsured depositors decide to withdraw, almost 190 banks are at potential risk of impairment to the insured depositors, with potentially $300 billion of insured deposits at risk. That is to say that almost any bank run would potentially stop insured depositors from being able to withdraw their own money. This story is a stark reminder that the traditional banking system is a long way from infallible. And as we've seen in the last 20 years, when these banks do fall, the damage to real lives is harrowing. 
Okay, so the silver medal goes to one of the defining moments for 2023 in crypto. The judge ruling that Ripple Labs XRP is not a security in the SEC's case against Ripple. The SEC has been hunting Ripple since 2020, and in yesterday's top 10 tweets of the year, we discussed the SEC surrendering their other case against the Ripple co-founder, Chris Larson, and the CEO, Brad Garlinghouse. So not only was the SEC going after Ripple the company, but they were also going after the two key execs personally, and more or less lost across the board. In July, Judge Annalisa Torres ruled that Ripple's XRP token is not a security, but only with regards to programmatic sales on digital asset exchanges. Basically, XRP isn't a security unless it is sold to institutional investors, in which case it met the conditions set by the Howey test to be a security. The Howey test is an old and, since crypto, slightly contentious test for determining if an asset can be called a security or not. So that was the minor win for the SEC, but overall it was a victory for Ripple, it was a victory for Chris Larson, a victory for Brad Garlinghouse, and a victory for crypto. As was perhaps to be expected, XRP started surging up in price as soon as the news landed. This was a really interesting case, and if you haven't looked into it, it's perhaps worthwhile. Brad Garlinghouse was continuously defiant in the face of the SEC's allegations. Back in December 2020, he wrote, Ripple, Chris, and I may be the ones named in the filing, but this is an assault on crypto at large. In this case, XRP is a proxy for every other altcoin in the space. From there, you will have a snowball effect. This isn't good news for any market maker, exchanges like Coinbase, etc. This sets a terrible industry-wide precedent for any company working with a digital asset. He was absolutely right about that, and that's why this ruling was just so important. And in at pole position, the number one story on Cointelegraph in 2023, it's Ana Paula Pereira's article on the presidential candidate, Ron DeSantis, who vowed to ban CBDCs. Okay, let's unpack all of this story as it could still be relevant next year during the US presidential elections. Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida and a Republican candidate for the 2024 election. A CBDC is a central bank digital currency, and in essence, Ron DeSantis is opposing a digital dollar. In a 14th of July conversation at the Family Leadership Summit, DeSantis said, If I am the president, on day one, we will nix central bank digital currency. Done. Dead. Not happening in this country. DeSantis had previously signed a bill that prohibited the use of federal CBDCs as money, banned foreign CBDCs, and claimed that they would lead to a massive transfer of power from consumers to a central authority. CBDCs have been on the rise in recent years, with over 100 countries looking into them formally, and around 40 having pilot programs or proofs of concept. Now, I want to offer an important addition to this story. CBDCs are controversial both inside and outside of the crypto community. From inside of it, many oppose digital currencies being used in a way that is, in essence, the antithesis of crypto's original modus operandi. So it's hard to say from DeSantis's opposition to CBDCs whether he is pro or anti-crypto. As a person from across the pond, I thought it more likely that it would be the latter, but it isn't. Ron DeSantis is mostly pro-crypto, and after this story, he he went on to vow that he would stop Joe Biden's war on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, adding that he would allow Americans to invest in both. That's it for today, and that is it for 2023. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing, or leaving a review. Next year is looking to be a massive year in crypto, and I will be faithfully bringing you the stories as they happen. Have a great New Year's. Let's do this again in 2024.